Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. And use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. Joining me as he does every Sunday afternoon slash evening is former Falcons fullback Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, you got the Falcons polo on. The Falcons won their first game today. How are you feeling, dude? Feeling good. Feeling good. I, um, I got a chance to uh, rep- rep- represent the Falcons at one of their uh, tailgating events at a nice little sports bar in a bucket. It was fun. So there you I, go. I'm still wearing my, my Falcons uh, official polo uh, in my shaking hands, kissing babies duties or shaking <laughs> grown men's hand. I didn't kiss anybody, but uh, uh, there were some puppies there. I was, it was surprising that you can bring dogs to bars. So I got to take a lot of dog pictures, which was fun. There you go. I saw actually on, I think Instagram today, it was like a yoga class with tiny puppies involved. So everybody's like on the floor, basically doing their like, you know, scorpion or like seal stretch that or whatever, stretching the abs yeah. and like little tiny husky puppies are coming up and just like licking them in the face the whole time. I was like, where is this? How do I get involved? Yeah, it's it's kind of adorable outside of licking in the face after the dog licks his own. That's fair. You know, COVID, I, I don't know if the dogs have been trained on yes. you know, wearing the masks and everything. Or vaccinated but, or, you know, it's all good. <laughs> they're definitely but, uh, not vaccinated. Yeah. But nah, but this this game was crazy, dude. Finally got a W, huh? Huge win. Set, like, how do you feel about the stay on the West Coast swing? Because I think it really benefited the Falcons. We saw reports after mm-hmm. the game that they kind of had a little bit of a players-only meeting, which I want to get your thoughts on how effective a players-only meeting can be. But maybe if you want to combine those two, West Coast swing, players-only meeting, like, how do you feel about the team seemingly like kind of taking over the team? Um, I think it's great. And uh, players only meetings only work, Will, when you have players you respect. If it's players only meetings mm. with a bunch of uh, wannabes or guys who haven't proven themselves either at other places or on the team, it's a hot mess. It's a hot stinking mess. Because uh, we had some players only meeting back in our uh, the nightmare year of 2007 where we had Petrino and team was falling apart yeah and you know a lot of our leaders were, were quiet like algie crumpler is a quiet guy he's like hey he is. Going down. i'm, I'm yeah. cool like some other guys some other leaders at the time uh were quiet and our loudest leaders gave zero f's like they did not care at a player's <laughs> only meeting and they're either saying the wrong thing to guys or they were just you know just 
being ambivalent the whole situation. So it was, it was, or, or no, they were trying too hard. Who was it? Byron left. No, Byron left. Which is Joey Harrington tried to like outspeech each other, and like, they had just gotten here. Like they had this just whole time, here, I thought you were talking were about D'Angelo Hall. Yeah, so yeah, D'Angelo Hall had his thing. We was like <laughs> f them and f that, and we ain't doing this. And he was yeah. hot. And I get it. It was just it was it was it was a bad situation. We had lost like five in a row, and our players' only meeting was it accomplished nothing except for making everybody even more confused, more like just downtrodden and more angry. So I think Leftwich and Joey Harrington we were trying to come on, guys. We got to pull together and we can do it and we can win if we just put a little more effort. Like, shut up, be quiet. <laughs> Cancun on three. Like, we're, we lost seven games in a row. We're not going to play off. Like, what are we trying for? And Dan's all, yeah, man. Like, we ain't here. We, we, we ain't coming to meetings. We ain't doing this. We run. The, and it was just chaos. The good thing is that the Falcons players only meeting was effective because you know guys like cordero patterson when he speaks you know people have been calling him a bus and the 13th overall pick for the vikings and for him to have the resurgence he did last year he's earned people's respect for him to go to the pro bowl and to be one of the top receivers right now i think there's some crazy stat where like he gets more first downs per carry than anyone else in the nfl Mm-hmm. It, it's it's insane. So I know that he's not a quiet leader. He's vocal about what he does and has the respect of everyone. So I'm not sure how much he spoke in that, but what he says matters. Even even Marcus Mariota, he seems like a guy who's a man of few words, but when he says them, he means them. So letting letting your teammates know that hey, we expect more. We could be told to know right now. We can be better, and we're going to be better. We weren't demanded from each, from each other. That's a great thing. I think that definitely played a, a positive role in the Falcons' win today. Well, you know, it, it doesn't really matter how vocal uh, Cordero Patterson is in the locker room because he let his play do the talking today. Uh, he had a career high, you know, number of rush attempts in week one. He didn't necessarily, you know, top that today, but he did set a career high in rushing yards, which is even better. 17 carries, 141 yards, one touchdown, a 40-yard touchdown run. I mean, I kind of thought the Falcons were going to come out here and throw the ball over the yard, all over the yard, and, and we saw them try to get Kyle Pitts. They definitely did get Kyle Pitts much more involved today, but early on, concerted effort to get him the ball, get him looks. Every time Cordero Patterson touched the football today, like he kind of took over. And that's great to see because the Falcons, this offense is really predicated on the run. I know that's such a cliche to say in the NFL, but but this one really is. There's a reason why Tennessee foundationally is so built on what Derrick Henry does, and it allows them to play everything off of that. Having Cordero Patterson playing like this, which is better than he did last year is huge for Atlanta. And I don't think we really saw that coming. So how excited are you to see the run game really off to a hot start here? That's great. Um, I'm excited for uh, Marcus and hopefully at one point Desmond Ritter to have a run game and to have a healthy, functioning, well-oiled run game. And Cordero Patterson deserves a lot of the credit, but we got to give credit to the hogs where, where credits do these guys mm-hmm. i bash them and everyone bashes them all the time and i feel like oh we don't do to these guys what always is done to you offensive <laughs> linemen are called out only when bad things happen when good things happen it's like yeah. oh well, you're supposed to do that uh but when bad things happen it's like yo off with their heads well, get them out of here you know we can't get third and one and and they deserve the uh, criticism but we're having successful 
uh, uh, rushes time after time. And if you watch the line of scrimmage, which guys never do, there's gaps, there, there's movement, mm-hmm. there's uh, different levels where you see linemen teeing up, getting up to the linebacker, even running down the field, uh, yep. cut blocking and making contact. I love the fact that we're getting a little bit of nasty to us. We're, we're getting a little swagger to our run game. And when you get you know, all lathered up and start frothing at the mouth and realize that we got <laughs> something and you, you you can see like uh, the junkyard uh, fear dog in the deepest lama's eye. Well, if, not, if not fear, yeah, if not, if not fear, you see that concern, that little worry, that, that fact that they're like, we can't stop them. We can't stop mm-hmm. them. They start pointing at each other, start yelling, they start getting upset, you start slapping their hands together. That's when you know, all right, we got them by the throat. All you got to do is apply a little pressure and squeeze the life out of them. Well, and like that's the big thing is the last two defensive lines, they played the Saints and the Rams. Those That's no joke, dude. That is yeah. pushing the boulder up the mountain, play in and play out. And it's, this is the Seahawks. And this is not the Legion of Boom Seahawks. So yeah, they should have come out here with that eye of the tiger. And they should have been trying to take it to them. And Elijah Wilkinson being out, you know, I, that was concerning to me because I think he's played really well so far to, to start the season. I also think it's very telling that they played Colby Gossett instead of Jalen Mayfield, uh, which, you know, probably is indicative of uh, the, the coaching staff's opinions of him. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're, their whole scheme, their whole run blocking scheme, the zone blocking, moving up to the second level. I love the pass protection rules that they have where there have been multiple times where you, you see somebody like Chris Lindstrom will just kind of like pass off his guy to Drew Dahlman or, or the center and, and go help on the uh, like the end with Kayla McGarry and kind of be that blind side. I'm just going to come and slobber knock the heck out of you when you don't see me coming and mm-hmm. push you past the pocket. I love yep. just the way that the offensive line is is playing and the way that they've changed everything up. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Kyle Pitts. I mean, finally, he got involved. The, the offense really made it, I think, a priority to get him the football. How refreshing was it? And we saw that Drake London can still be effective. Like, you can have the two of them both play well together. Yep. Exactly. And it's something that we've been uh, waiting for for a while. And to see... Kyle Pitts had more yards in the first quarter than they had in the last two games. You're like, <laughs> like thank you, Arthur <laughs> Smith. You know, I mean, again, combined in the first, it's just like, what have we been doing? I, I understand that what was it? He got frustrated. Like, this is not fantasy football. No crap. But we didn't say it was fantasy football. We right. said, get your best players the ball. We talked about this last week. I, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, triple team sometimes. You yeah. still got him the ball. You know, if you are that guy, which Kyle Pitts is that dude, mm-hmm. you give him the opportunity to make plays in double coverage. And he sometimes is a better option double covered than, you know, the Alamedes, the Keyes of the world. No offense to Alamedes, but right. we need to make our stars, you know, be, let them be stars. Let our stars be stars. So uh, the fact that we made up plays for him, it warmed my soul. It, it, was, it was happy to see. It, it made me... Everyone was cheering. I was at the sports bar. Everyone was going <laughs> crazy for Kyle Pitts. And then very big of Kyle to still be so excited, so juiced for Drake London throughout the whole game because yeah. it's easy, especially as a younger guy, to get caught up in the whole 
I do deserve more play. I owe more throws or, or more, you know, yard or, yep. or more time. I'm freaking Kyle Pitts. Like, right. dang. And there are, I guarantee you, his, his, either his mama or his family's in his head. His boys are in his head. You know, the media's in, like, they're trying to get into his head. But, but Kyle, you know, and we're blessed, you know, to, to have a, a second guy like that, like Julio. He's not a, a, a Ocho Cinco, you know, a, 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 what's his name? AB uh, from the Steelers. Uh, forget his Antonio name. Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown. He's not an Antonio Brown t- type of guy. He is more of a uh, a quiet, calm, you know, speak heavy with his actions type of dude. Yep. But if he was the other way, it could be an easy distraction. So hats off to Kyle Pitts. Uh, hopefully he gets more and more and more, and we figure out how to get Drake and Kyle to be our twin towers and start making uh, some real noise. One of my favorite things about this team, and I kind of sensed it in training camp, is because they have so many players that are on one-year contracts, which, you know, sucks for those players, right? There, There's the benefit where if you have a great year, you could cash in, but the job security is obviously non-existent. So it, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword there. But because they have so many guys on one-year contracts, the young players on this team are doing a really good job of kind of stepping up and taking ownership of, hey, we're like, this is our squad and we are 100% in charge of how this goes. And we know that even though the team is not saying it publicly, like it's a little bit of a transition. It's a little bit of a, you know, we're turning a big ship. It happens slowly, but you need your young guys to step up and take charge, especially when you don't have people like Julio Jones or Matt Ryan or, you know, uh, Michael Turner and Ovi Mahaley, like those types of players who have been around for a while who can kind of point you in the right direction. Jake Matthews is the longest tenured offensive player on this team. And he's a quiet dude. Like, I love Jake. He's one of my favorite people to ever interview and talk to. He has his own leadership style. So to see guys like Kyle Pitts, AJ Terrell, Drake London, hopefully, Grady Jarrett, these players really step up and take ownership of the team, I think is 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 important this year as maybe anything, because that should hopefully benefit 2023 when I really think this team will be in a position to compete. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, I think the leadership um, in the locker room can be homegrown because of the one-year uh, deals that several guys have. You'll have some surprises in the locker room of guys you didn't think were going to be vocal or going to be mm-hmm. uh, instrumental in helping the team win, but they're going to be just Michael that. Walker and I, is a big guy like, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're absolutely right when you say that, but um, it's exciting because next year, all of the effort and the – struggle and the challenges that these guys are going through is going to make them battle tested and hardened to yes. make a run at something exciting next year. So uh, I feel like this, this is all going to add up to something great. So I, I can't wait. Let's talk um, a little bit about the, the defensive side of the ball. I was nervous uh, on the, on the Seahawks first drive when Rashad Penny pretty much was just running right down their throats I was like, what is happening? The Falcons run defense has been good this season. They've not allowed a single rusher. Yeah, it's only two weeks, but to get 50 yards against them. I mean, but they had played Alvin Kamara and then whatever the hell the Rams are doing on uh, at running back. But 
I don't know. I, I I didn't see that first drive coming. And Rashad Penny as as a fantasy football uh, owner. In fact, he may be on our our team that we have in the Believe Fantasy League, uh, which you're involved in only in name. Um, but yeah. we're we're doing pretty well. Um, but yeah, it, it like. I didn't see them just totally giving up like six yards a carry. What did you see from Atlanta's defense early on? And then it seemed like they were able to kind of batten down the hatches in the second half. And that was so important, obviously, in them emerging with the W. Yeah, I was worried as well watching, um, you know, our defense look so porous and the fact that we didn't seem to have a, a united front. Guys seem to be doing different things. It looked like they're all running different coverages, different plays, yeah. uh, different blitzes because they just weren't on one accord. Like, guys, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> let's all speak the same language and run the same play. But they they uh, they recovered pretty well. Uh, Geno Smith, now that I mentioned it before, he's a guy that I'm rooting for. Like, Jacoby Brissett's of the world, the Geno Smith's of the world, the Marcus Mariota of the world. I, I feel like these are all good players they're above average. Put them in a situation. Let, let mm-hmm. them, you know, show that they can play in this league. And so I, I'm rooting for Gino, except when he, when he plays us. But Gino was having <laughs> his way at times and being able to pick us apart. We, we uh, like I said, tightened up near the second half of the game. And uh, I, I was happy with the interception at the end to, to kind of put yep. a nice little stamp or a little cherry on top. I think it's great for our confidence and games out that way, especially defensively, because we need those guys to lead. Uh, defense has always been the the downside of the Falcons teams. Uh, a lot yes. of the reason Matt Ryan hasn't been to more playoff games and one more Super Bowls is because our defense, and you look at the numbers, we've been either last, second to third to last, uh, bottom five or ten, like – us being average is a great year for the Falcons. We have an average defense across the board. So yeah. our defense can start to get some confidence, and this win helps. But if we can play a complete game where we don't get gashed up front, uh, that'd be even better. You mentioned that interception at the end, and Richie Grant is the one that came away with it, and his development has been huge. For this team. And it it should be. I mean, the second round pick last year, obviously, you know, you have high expectations for players drafted that highly. And yep. for him to kind of have a little bit of a redshirt year last year, I think a lot of people were kind of wondering, hey, what do we have in this guy? What are we doing? Yeah. And and he's he's been lights out so far. I mean, in, in camp, everything, it really truly just seems like Look, a safety and a Dean P's defense, you've got a lot of stuff you have to know. Me personally, so JT O'Sullivan, he was he was around your time in the league, mm-hmm. right? He's got yeah. a YouTube channel, the QB School. Shout out mm-hmm. that, you know, it, instructive. I'm trying to learn a little bit more about the ins and outs and the X's and O's and, and all that stuff. Dude, a single play call that's yeah. like 50 words long is absolutely mind-boggling to me like just the knowledge that you need to have which makes me more sympathetic to the coaching staff being like let's give Desmond Ritter like a little bit of a chance to get his feet under him because you can't just like step out there and be like all right we're gonna run like dog right left x four three five split zone zy curl and it's like all right cool let me just do all that (laughs) in the middle of like everybody screaming at me all this stuff is going on so Knowing how hard it is, like I understand, I think a little bit why this coaching staff is willing to give guys some some time to develop and learn. 
And we're seeing it pay off with, with a young player like Richie Grant. Michael Walker, I think, had another really good game. Like, he's been a young star out there. I think Taquan yeah, Graham like has played really well. Like, what did you see from this defense? And they kind of cleaned it up after the kind of rough start. You mentioned Michael Walker. I, I like that guy. I, I like as a so good. Yep. I like the way he hits, like the way he runs. I'm hearing his name a lot more than I thought I would be. Um, what do you think about number three, too, as a linebacker number? Yeah, it, are you are you in on this? Or are you like the old school, like we're number 50? I I, I like the, you know, the, the, the 50s and the 40s, the, the three. I guess I'm 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 I am old school and I'm I'm, You're I'm such 42 a, and um these young old kids, man Ovi. It's it's a thing like like they like to just wear random numbers because they get noticed. Like usually defensive yeah. ends with like you know uh, single digit numbers and linebackers single digit numbers. I'm mean, it'll get you noticed you, if you are going to wear a number like that. You better be a baller. You better be a boss. You can't come in all patsy and and average or subpar <laughs> wearing a number like that. You know and what Mike I dig Walker, is Von Miller number forty. No, I don't know if anybody's ever made number forty look good, but he makes number forty look good. I mean, when you ball out, it doesn't matter what number you're wearing. Like that number yeah. then becomes it iconic. Looks good. If, if yeah. you are getting interceptions, breaking up passes, stuffing offensive linemen in the hole and making tackles. Yep. And Michael Walker is like, he, he's doing all that. He, he's all over the field. And he's somebody that I'm excited about. Again, next year, when we get a big free agent defensive end, when we get, you know, maybe a key corner and and just build our defense to something solid, mm-hmm. Michael Walker's going to be a big part of that. And yep. uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, our, our friend Troy is a part of that too, Mr. Troy Anderson. He He's starting to get a little more uh, play time. Yeah, love it. I, I love it. I love it. out there. Saw him What's out up? There. Number yep. 44. Let's go, baby. Troy number Tracker. One of, your, number one of your hearts. Number one of your hearts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I he's playing well, although he did. I I meant to actually text you about this, but in rewatching that Rams game, one of the early plays, it was actually I think it was a touchdown run by Cam Akers. And, you know, Troy, I'm sure that you don't watch this podcast, but if you do, I apologize. He was kind of soft going into the hole. And I absolutely hate to use the S word with football yeah. players because y'all are anything but soft. But he was like tippy toeing. It's like he was ready to be blocked. And that, that he was it was his hole. He had to fill that hole. So in the name of fairness, we're we're all all's fair in, in love and Troy Tracker. All the strikes. Call it, him. You know, we're, we're yeah, we're, we're just calling how we see it. Right. And and he was rough on that play. But he's been good uh, through the first two games, I think. Um yep. So is there anything else that you want to kind of bring up about this game? But before we kind of get out of here, because I again, I I was kind of disappointed, I think, overall in the effort. I expected they've played better, in my opinion, against better opponents the first two weeks, even though they were losing efforts. Isn't that funny, though? Because we won today, but we played better in the first two games. games. So I see your disappointment. I'm like, we beat the Seahawks. We're not giant killers. We're no yeah. one <laughs> that we can say, oh, man, <laughs> we should have blown them out. No, we should just get right. a win and go home. But at the same time, a win's a win's a win, loss. man. True. But I guess from my point of view, I'm not counting wins and losses because we're not going to the Super Bowl. We're not going <laughs> to the playoffs. Uh, uh, and if we would do, we're not going to do anything because we just don't have the talent. Everyone knows in the football talking head space or just even the players. We still don't have the talent, but we're getting there. 
and we're mm-hmm. growing and we're, you know, uh, curating the talent we do have to become dangerous. So I, I, I did expect us to beat the, the Seahawks. I don't mind that it was a little gritty because it, I think, makes us better. Uh, we, I mean, blowing them out would be nice. It would be good to show some dominance, but we're not a dominant team. We don't have dominant players. So how can we expect the team to dominate? Um, we showed flashes again. First two games, but we got to learn how to put that all together. That's the hardest part. Putting yep. together from first quarter to fourth quarter a truly dominating defense and offense. Um, we'll see if that happens. We'll, we'll see if that happens. Uh, the, the first half of the season, like you mentioned, is you know no real super cupcakes, but it, yeah. it'll make us better and show us who we are so we can know how we can make this final run. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've they've got the, the Cleveland Browns coming up next who looked at like Nick Chubb is one of my favorite. How much would you have loved to block for Nick Chubb? That dude it, just. It, it, would, it would be, um, you know, a fullback's dream to, to block for a guy like that. Who his can vision. Go 300 yards uh, a game if you wanted to. I remember his very first game uh, at Georgia and he made a cut. I, I think it was a zone inside zone run to the right. He sees a tiny sliver of a hole to the left and just kind of does a little backside cut right through the guard and tackle hole. And it was like, wow, this vision is special, you know, because I think it was against Clemson. And it was like the one of these big time like Georgia's ranked number five, Clemson's like three and against one of these just dominant defensive lines. And I was like, if this dude can see that, then like you can't teach that. Like yeah. everybody can come to Georgia because they're a freak athlete, but you can't teach vision. And Nick Chubb has one of the like, I think the best vision maybe of anybody in the NFL. Um, so that's a preview of the Cleveland Browns next week. <laughs> there you go. But um, yeah, no, I, I think also looking around the division, New Orleans laid an egg against Carolina, which now has me questioning kind of the validity of that performance in week one. And we, you know, Tampa Bay lost as well. So the Falcons find themselves technically in third because of that head-to-head matchup. We're in the mix. New Orleans, but everybody's in the mix in week three. Here we go, baby. It's coming down to the wire. We're winning the division. What if we win the division? We all have to both put our mouths. Uh, We're not going to the playoffs. We're not going to anything. We win the division. If we win the division and the Falcons go to the Super Bowl, Bet Online is paying for this podcast to uh, to go to the the Super Bowl. We'll be there. Um, Radio Row. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, Ovi, man. I, I think that I think that kind of wraps it up for what was a, a good win. The Falcons first one of the season. They come back home for a matchup against a Browns team that, yes, doesn't have Deshaun Watson, but they're a really good roster and it should be another really good matchup. But, oh, yeah, you know, first three games, you're one and two. And that's kind of, I think, where everybody expected the Falcons to be coming yes. into the year. I thought New Orleans, Seattle were your best early chances at a win. You know, they they kind of lost a little bit of the, the first week against New Orleans. They had a chance there. They let it slip by, but they capitalized here on a, on a birdie opportunity. You read my piece on the Falcolic. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they're they're one and two. Let's see what they can do against uh, Cleveland. Anything else, Ovi, before we before I let you go? Uh, that's it. Uh, we're uh, wife and I are uh, halfway into the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix. Oh, how is that? It's, yeah. It's With Evan so Peters. Yeah. Oh man. It's, it's so good. It's, it's disturbing and it's rough, but it is, um, it's something it'll, it'll definitely take you through some emotions. It's a good watch. There it's, you it's go. My, very, 
my wife and I this morning just uh, laid in bed. We we went to a friend's birthday party last night. So, you know, you just connect the dots from there. So we were laying in bed this morning, just uh, getting getting our rest in. And uh, we, we let a, a Netflix show expire. And it was just playing the like preview posters of like all the shows that they have coming up. And we were just sitting there talking to each other about every show that was coming up, just judging it based 100% on like the three descriptors where it's like mm-hmm. quirky, like self-sufficient, like clean or whatever, the little like, yeah, the descriptors. Yes. And we were like, huh, should we watch? And Dahmer came up like four times and it was just like creepy as fuck. Yes. Disgusting. Yes. <laughs> like, that might you puke. Yeah. So um, I we may have to check that out, though. Because um, I love Zodiac, so if, you know if it's like anything kind of like a Fincher movie, yep. then I am in on it. But uh, luckily, this podcast has been nothing like a Fincher movie. Uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. The Falcons got a huge win, um, and I, I hope that you guys continue to follow along with Ovi and I. As the Falcons will win every single game from here on out. That is a guarantee uh, <laughs> that we can make right here. <laughs> so <laughs> please uh, follow us on Twitter at Ovi Mahaley thirty four at Will McFadden. Tell everybody where they can find this podcast, which is wherever you can find any podcast. Um, And as always, everybody, we will catch you on Thursday with the next preview of the Cleveland Browns game. But until then, everybody, take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.